Thanks for tuning in to The Big Idea. I'm Michael Anderson. We've got a great show for you today. We're talking cryptocurrencies, blockchain. What is that? Well, we got the right person on today as our feature interview. That's Alan Gorin with GHV. We're going to go into it and much more. We hope to make the next 20 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by Geico Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You can save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of Geico Local Office, 805-487-7847. Well, I'm very pleased to have Alan Gorin in studio today. We're talking cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. Now, he's the founding partner of Gorin Home Ventures. That's GHV. It's a venture studio that incubates and accelerates blockchain startups. He's also the co-founder of CIS. This is the world's largest investment-focused blockchain conference. It's going to be happening in October. Alan Gorin, thank you and welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, very excited to be here. I, I got pumped just hearing the ads right off the bat that are catered to the 805. I'm obsessed with, uh, with living out here, staying out here, and growing uh, awesome companies out here. Stoked to be on the show with you. The 805, of course, Ventura County and West Los Angeles, Southern California, is where that area code is, and it is a treat. This is a beautiful place in the world. So many people are curious about what is Bitcoin and what is blockchain? What is cryptocurrencies? A lot of people are just starting to try to figure that out, and they have no idea. What do you share with them? So what I'll tell people right off the bat, and we don't have hours and hours and days to, to discuss this today, you definitely need time to, to really dive in and learn to fully understand. But at a really high level, it's digital money. The money that we have, government money, the money we all have in our pockets, we think of it and feel it like it's digital because we're transacting with our banks and using our credit cards and debit cards and having it automatically transfer from our jobs and stuff like that. But it's not truly digital and it's enforced and run run by governments, which could be a good or bad thing depending on which way you look at it. With Bitcoin, it's truly uh, what, what we call decentralized. It means there's no central government controlling it. And if there's no government controlling it, it's, it's giving the power to the people without going into all the specifics how that exactly works. That's what it is. So imagine a global currency that no one single government controls. It's exciting and it's a brand new era. And some people are sort of calling it like the next evolution of the internet. It is interesting, and I think of it that way. There's a lot of very smart people I've followed for years in the investment world, and they love this concept, and they're very heavy on it. But this metaphor or analogy or thought that today in the space for cryptocurrency and for blockchain, it's in its infancy. It's kind of like the Internet in 1989. We all know and see what has happened with the Internet and how it's changed our lives in some ways it may be that for cryptocurrencies and blockchain right now. Expand on that. 1,000% with you, and, and I love that analogy. But what's even more exciting about it is that in the late 80s and the early 90s, when the Internet was sort of being born and people were finding out about it, not every single person had a computer, and not every single person had the ability to participate. There was a huge barrier to entry. Think about every single cycle of innovation that happened on the internet from that point, right? It turned from finding out about it to maybe some one out of five, you know, families or friends had a computer to you, everybody had one at work and started emailing to, wow, there's this new website called Amazon where you buy books on the internet. And when they launched, 
a bunch of nobody trusted putting their credit card on the internet. So how would you even do this? And and then it went from maybe you can start watching videos on the internet, maybe you could start watching HD videos on the internet, and then all of a sudden now we all have supercomputers in our pockets. We all stream most of our stuff. So many of us don't even have cable anymore because we just watch what we want when we want on all these streaming services. All that's enabled by the internet. And so now money is being enabled by the internet. Imagine a world where it feels like this is this whole new crazy thing that we all have to learn about, but there's nothing stopping any of us. Having a college degree doesn't make you better at this. Having a college degree isn't a requirement to, to being a part of this. And so what's really exciting about this is that everyone right now can participate. You can get an eToro wallet, you put $20 in, you can start looking at what's going on and learning and being the expert in this field that's in its infancy, that will probably be a requirement of every single person to use at their job within the next five years. It's this exciting time that everyone should just learn about it and play with it because it does have this incredible potential. I love all that. I think you touch on a few things that scare me, quite frankly, and I want to <laughs> go into some of those in a little more detail. But, you know, you mentioned a few things. I think back, uh, 1999, I got my first email address. And I remember getting that distinctly, that email address. What is this? What is email? And then in 2002, I'm getting some form of an iPod or there's music that's coming on. And then iPhone comes around in 2007, was it? And it's the smartphone. Before that, it was the Blackberries that uh, the executives would carry around and Uh be typing all the time. And then now just about everybody has a smartphone, as you mentioned, in their pocket. And the way that we live just in the matter of the last 20 years, has changed so dramatically because of the Internet and that enables so much different convenience. You you think of sending someone a a letter, a mail piece, something of interest you want to send to someone, you would send it in the mail 20 or 30 years ago. Well, now a lot of times it may be just a text message or an email or something with your phone and it's the way we live is changing and so what your premise is is the way that we use money and do money and buy stuff is changing and that is cryptocurrencies through the power of the internet that is there that is evolving and it's going to come quickly as it does so i think that premise i'm with you there it scares me there's a few things that scare me number one (laughs) the value seems to change so much it seems scary to me to hold money in a currency that can change so violently. What's going on there, and will it always be that way? It's not going to always be that way, but we also don't 100% know if Bitcoin is, is going to be the standard. I do believe it has probably the highest likelihood, but there's many, many things against it, just like anything else. And there's also nothing stopping countries or people from creating more stable versions of, of it in terms of price stability and creating things like that. What Facebook Libra is proposing is not necessarily the full, truly decentralized vision that Bitcoin is, but they're going to keep the price stable using various techniques, basically having like baskets of assets and things like that, which we don't have to really dive into, but that will keep it stable and it will keep it frictionless in a way to where you you know, if you have money you want to send to another country or you have money you want to be in control of, because in the crypto world, there's there's a saying that if you don't hold your private keys, um, not your keys, not not your Bitcoin. What people are saying when they say that is that your wallet, quote unquote wallet, the app on your phone or the piece of paper you print or the piece of hardware you get to use as your wallet 
is no longer just a wallet. It's not just like signing into your online banking. When you sign into your online banking, it's not your money. It's your money that's being promised to you by your bank that's actually holding it. When you have Bitcoin or any sort of cryptocurrency, the money in your wallet belongs to you and you're in charge. If you drop your wallet, you lose your wallet, that money's gone. There's both a benefit and a risk of doing this, but the big benefit is that it's your money, you're in control of it, you can do whatever you want. And big banks and companies like Western Union can't charge somebody what feels, at least in the digital age, unfair rates to send your money to family in another country or to just transact. That's a huge sort of benefit that globally will, will have you know, major implications. We're talking with Alan Gorin. He is a founding partner of Gorin Home, GHV. It's a venture firm that deals with cryptocurrencies. And Alan, what is it that people can do? They may be hearing you and saying, you know what, I do want to start learning more about this. And there's no better way to learn than just start with $20, like you mentioned. How might they do that? What's the best way to just dip your toe into this to learn more and begin? There's a few apps. We're talking, you know, just crypto. I would, I would just suggest Bitcoin. And there's a few apps like there's Coinbase, there's Abra or uh, eToro. All of them are great for beginners and, and for experts alike. You can get them. And a lot of times, too, if you find a little promo code and you put 20 bucks in, those companies will add another $10 or so in, in Bitcoin into your wallet also. So, so that's kind of fun. But in general, what I would say is just put a very small amount, expect to lose it, follow it, look at it every day. It can go from $20 to $30 to $15, back to $20 uh, on a daily basis, because uh, like you said, it is so, so volatile. But what's exciting about it is you'll start reading what people at least is changing the price. And you might agree or disagree, and you might come up with your own theories over time. But what's really exciting is you'll start seeing the benefits. Living in the United States, we don't always see all of the most major benefits of these things because we live in a country where it is very easy to, uh, to get paid and transact and do those things. So Bitcoin, on some levels, is, is much more complicated than our money and marginally better in other uh, levels. But when you look at it from a global standpoint, from global implications, and when you start realizing, like, hey, our money should be this way. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe it's not so for our money to be in banks that are leveraged 20, you, 50, 100 times. When uh, you live, yeah, when you uh, live, if you're li if someone lives in China or grew up there and the regulations that are in place with trying to get money out of China, if you have a lot of it, or in other parts of the world where there's tremendous inflation and you're, you're really concerned, you're so right that the currencies are different in different places. We've been very fortunate. Ours has held pretty standard. Inflation's been very low. And, historically. Yeah. So those are, yeah, those are very good points. We'd even be surprised at looking at some, some global countries around the world that are considered more stable countries to, to be in, but let alone the refugees around the world, people who are trying to flee their countries or things like that, that, that literally just have to leave everything behind. And you could have a piece of paper in your pocket that has your whole bank on it if you wanted to, things like that, or a little USB key that, that could hold it. So and you can go anywhere and take it with you and not be worried that, that it could be seized or taken. Even putting those things aside, you look at more established countries and you think about crypto and a lot of people look at it and go, OK, Bitcoin. Beginning uh, January 2018 was the all time high and it went to about twenty thousand dollars. And since then, it went down all the way to three thousand. Now it's back to around ten thousand. But whatever that number was. If you had bought Bitcoin the same day as you bought Argentinian money at the all-time high, 
and you held both of those things till now, the Bitcoin would be worth more. And you don't think of Argentina as this country that where, you know, their, their money wouldn't be stable and you would be afraid to keep their money in your bank account. But that's the truth. It's one of these things and investors and experts call it a non-correlated asset class. That's right. So if you look at the, um, the stock market and we all have sort of money in our 401ks, if we ever had a job that did matching funds and things like that, that money is in, in the stock market. And it's fairly stable and we live in a fairly stable country and we feel comfortable saving that there for retirement. Wouldn't it be nice to have even a small portion of your money? And, and it is a gamble today and we'll see if, if it in the long term, you know, agrees. And I'm not a financial uh, planner and Mike uh, would probably put lots and lots of uh, disclaimers before having any of his. But the idea is that wouldn't it be nice to have something that's not correlated to that? So if another 2008 happens, your portfolio could actually go up in value versus tank. I think you make good points. And I, you're right. The, the non-correlation, a lot of investment and institutional investors are excited about it not being correlated to other market cycles. But aside from that, it is participating in innovation. I mean, this is technology innovation, just as the last 20 and 30 years of technology innovation has been the internet, which we've all experienced and know because we've lived it. The next 30 years will be more innovation, and it will likely be a form of cryptocurrencies and blockchain. So you're participating in that. There are no guarantees, but if you believe in the idea of innovation, then you have to be able to allocate some of something toward that and, and it very well could be blockchain and cryptocurrencies. I want to ask you briefly about blockchain. What is blockchain yeah. for the person that doesn't know? When Bitcoin was was created, um, they basically created this this transaction ledger because behind the scenes, the computers are are verifying the transactions and are uh, doing all sorts of calculations. And this transaction letter ledger is basically uh, uh, something that they call immutable. And that just means that it can't be changed. The only way to change it is you sort of, well, you don't change it. You just keep adding to it and you can correct things by adding to it. But that whole, every single transaction that's happened on this ledger is transparent and can be seen by everyone. It doesn't necessarily mean that they know which wallet belongs to who, at least publicly, but you, you can see every single thing that's happened. So imagine if your QuickBooks account or your, um, your accounting software was set in stone and couldn't be changed. Imagine if somebody who works at a bank could not see that they made an error and go back later and change it, or God forbid, be fraudulent and go back there and, and take money out of one account, put it in another, or do creative accounting. That cannot exist on the blockchain. What's exciting about that is it creates a whole new sort of infrastructure to transact. The idea is that if more and more companies adopt this kind of stuff and this kind of technology because sometimes now people are launching private blockchains or different types of blockchains than just the Bitcoin one, and they're having to compete to show people that they're transparent and honest. It's creating a more and more level playing field for all these banks and financial institutions and people to transact. And so people are using it to verify things like shipping um, and logistics so that you can actually see that this particular thing came here, did that. And, and, you know, like there's a cool company based in in Ventura or Santa Barbara that for years has been tracking where exactly your fish is coming from. So you go to Whole Foods, you could buy it, you can actually go online and track the fish. You don't know 
they're called salty girl seafood by the way i feel like i should give them a plug um but you don't as far as i know they never implemented blockchain technology so you have to trust them that that they did this and that they told the truth but using blockchain technology you can timestamp things and verify things and actually prove that this is exactly the way it happened and it couldn't be edited after the fact. Now imagine attaching that to anything. Imagine attaching that to digital music finance and bands no longer having to know for sure if the accountant is lying or telling the truth when they get their distribution check because all of it was was literally put on the blockchain immediately every single time it was listened to, every single time a dollar was made on it, etc. So it can it has implications globally on a million different industries and uh and so that that's what's being created now as sort of a byproduct of of, of bitcoin fascinating stuff we're talking with alan Gorin, and we're talking about blockchain and cryptocurrencies there is an event coming up it's in october the 15th and 16th this is the world's largest event for cryptocurrencies and blockchain it's in los angeles you can get more information online go to cis.la and there is a promo code as well. Alan Gorin, tell us about this event and what is the promo code? Because this is uh, my first time on the show promoting it, and a lot of your listeners missed out on our super early bird $99 tickets. If you use the promo code BIGIDEA as one word, you'll get those $99 tickets. So for everyone else who, who doesn't know about that, its current rate is $199, and it'll eventually get to about $499 before the event. But... The event is really exciting. So beginners and experts alike come to Los Angeles Convention Center from around the world to learn about blockchain technology and investing in crypto. And some of the top people in the space are there. Some of the top people in technology are there. Last October, we had Steve Wozniak as a keynote, and we're working on some big surprises for, for October. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Check it out. Hopefully, Mike will be there, too, uh, recording some, some podcasts live. It'll be really fun. It's an exciting event. I do look forward to it. you got to get more information. Go to cis.la. Use the promo code BIGIDEA and get that $99 ticket. Alon Gorin, thank you for your time today. and look forward to seeing you at the conference in October. Love it. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here, like I said, and uh, happy to come back anytime. And anybody who wants to reach me and you have any questions, I'm happy to uh, help let anyone learn about the space. So if you want to hit me up on uh, LinkedIn or Twitter, find me at those places and happy to, uh, to point you in any direction you need help with. Well, that does it for our show today. Thanks for tuning in to The Big Idea. Don't forget, The Big Idea is on iTunes and other podcast platforms. Subscribe, rate, review. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.